Economic news on SAFM. Facts and figures you can count on. And we're joined now by Nadir Token of 274 Investment Managers. Nadir, let's talk about what's driving the Asian markets this morning. China's PMI numbers are coming out. Talk to us about that. Yeah, Sakina, I mean, so there's a couple of issues at play here. You know, after a couple of days of a lot of nervous traders on the back of what's been happening in North Korea, um, those tensions have seemed to have receded for now, um, although I don't think completely gone away. And, uh, you know, we'll continue to watch developments in the space with Donald Trump saying that talking is not the way forward with North Korea, so certainly adding fuel to the fire there. Uh, but for now, those fears seem to have, been, seem to have dissipated and uh, we see buyers coming back into the market. And I think there's two factors which are really precipitating buyers to come back into the market in uh, Asian trade this morning. And I think that's uh, the U.S. GDP numbers that came out yesterday, which uh, were revised upwards to 3% economic growth for the world's largest economy in the second quarter. Um, you know, after years or pretty much 10 years of... Uh, Highly accommodative monetary policy, pretty much zero interest rates, a massive amount of stimulus. Uh, the world's largest economy is finally gaining some traction. We see unemployment there uh, falling to 4.3%, and in fact, jobs numbers coming out tomorrow for the month of August, where we've consistently seen um, in excess of 200,000 jobs being added in the U.S. economy on a month-on-month basis. So, uh, you know, the U.S. economy seems to be running at above trend and seems to be running at full steam ahead. I think the one thing that we'll be watching out for is when wage price inflation starts to come through there and that inflation number starts to push aggressively towards the Federal Reserve's 2% target. Um, so, you know, that certainly buoyed sentiment in the U.S. overnight and uh, uh, in European trade yesterday as the data came out, and that filtered through into Asia this morning. Um, and then the second thing, as you mentioned, is the Chinese PMI numbers that came out. So this was a bit of a mixed bag. You know, the manufacturing numbers uh, came out much better than expected at 51.7 index points. Remember, above 50 indicating expansion in the sector was below 50 indicating contraction. Um, So, you know, that was really supported by uh, local consumption and uh, export orders on the the, the, uh, manufacturing side. So, um, you know, the services side, however, disappointed and, uh, you know, growth there is slowing and that's really where the majority of growth is going to come from in the Chinese economy moving forward as policymakers try to shift towards a consumption-driven economy. Now, um, you know, we we obviously know that they want to do it in a sustainable manner, and there's probably been the build-up of a number of asset price bubbles in the Chinese economy, uh, fueled by extension of a lot of debt from not only the banking sector, but from the shadow banking sector in China, uh, where that debt-to-GDP ratio, uh, or growth of debt-to-GDP ratio, has accelerated to 30% growth year on year, um, and has precipitated some ratings downgrades in China. So, we know that, um, you know, that the the authorities are trying to put the brakes on that, and that's obviously what's hampering uh, services demand and non-manufacturing demand, Um, and and, uh, you know, we still have to wait and see how that plays out, because they're trying to prevent these asset price bubbles, particularly in the real estate market, Sakina. So, good manufacturing numbers, not so great, uh, you know, non-manufacturing numbers, although still expanding, which is the important point to make, and I think for now, um, you know, traders are banking on the fact that China is going to avoid a hard landing, uh, certainly this year, although growth will slow down into the second half of the year. So we're seeing buyers returning on the back of that. And then the evidence presented uh, of an improving Japanese economy. Talk us through that, Nadir. 
Yeah, Sakina, I mean, if we look at, again, the second quarter GDP numbers for Japan, um, you know, and this is the, the, the retail sales numbers we saw coming out earlier this week, and those were really good. Uh, but if we look at the, the, more, the trend numbers and the GDP growth numbers, which came out for the second quarter um, of this year, we saw the Japanese economy expanding by uh, 4% on a year-on-year basis in the second quarter. Um, that was its strongest rate of growth in a while, and uh, it extended its longest growth streak in terms of number of quarters now to, uh, you know, the, the longest growth streak since 2006, so longer than 10 years. And if the Japanese economy grows um, this quarter, it will be the longest growth streak, uh, you know, in more than 15 years since 2001. So, you know, we're starting to see um, the dividends being paid in terms of the highly accommodative monetary policy uh, that we see in China. We're seeing that the consumer is a big contributor towards the improving growth numbers um, at 0.9% of the 4% growth of the second quarter being contributed by domestic consumption. So, Sakina, I think, uh, you know, there's signs that the Japanese economy is on the mend. Um, you know, highly accommodative monetary policy has obviously depreciated the yen uh, quite a bit. It's boosted corporate profitability quite a lot. Um, so we've seen the Japanese stock market doing quite well, and that's boosted the wealth effect, and hence the fact that we've seen increased consumption in Japan. Um, but I think the one caveat to that, uh, Sakina, is that just like the Federal Reserve and the European Central Bank, the Bank of Japan is going to be very keen to see inflation numbers starting to head, um, it's starting to rear its head and head towards that 2% level, um, you know, because that's really going to start to filter through into wage inflation and ensure that the economic recovery then becomes sustainable. So um, a, good, a good start, a good start, Sakina, for the economic expansion, but I think we need to start to see inflation to ensure that it's sustainable from this point forward.